today, talking um, with our head of strategy, uh, Ben Fitzpatrick, um, who leads the biggest campaigns across the company. And um, he's basically the head of strategy across um, like all of the client campaigns. Um, there's a lot to introduce about Ben, but I think we'll just leave it there right now. Uh, but, but needless to say um, that um, he's at the forefront in terms of actually how strategy is created at Web Profits. Um, and so today, we're just going to talk through strategy through the COVID-19 pandemic, through the recession that is sure to follow, and just through the rest of 2020, because I think the conversation is now starting to shift um, to what do we do for the rest of 2020, you know? And so... That's right. What's interesting is we were talking about some um, campaign ideas just for ourselves last week. Um, and Ben was like, you know, there's, there's actually still like eight months left of 2020. And I think it's really easy to forget that, isn't it, Ben? Yeah, well, there's been a lot that's happened, that's for sure. So it's, uh, yeah, there's lots more to come. And uh, I mean, we're, we're just at the start of this, really. I think that's the, the thing that is kind of reinforced for me. Like the calendar year is, you know, relatively arbitrary time frame, but uh, it's just kind of a reminder that, um, you know, this really just happened. Um, so the repercussions of it are going to be, um, you know, are, are going to be ongoing for, for quite some time. And that needs to affect, you know, how we, uh, how we act as marketers. Yeah. And I think um, it's been such a challenging two months, you know, I think like, if you think about just a second ago, we were having um, to deal with the bushfires. I forgot about the bushfires. Like, uh, I'm not quite yeah. sure about you, like, but you know, yeah, I mean, like that was at the beginning uh, so of this year. Totally. And I mean, I'm here in New Zealand and we had uh, this big month of drought, like one of the worst uh, kind of months of drought we've had in quite some time just before um, COVID-19 hit. And I mean, you know, I haven't heard, <laughs> it's like, it's like a different, different life almost, you know? Um, but yeah, just two, three months ago. Yeah. And I think like so much can happen um, in, let's say, what is it now? So we're, so we're recording this on the 5th of May, right? So if you think about, that's only four months since the first of the year. Yeah. So since the beginning of this year, it's only been four, four months. Right. And if you think just how much has happened in the last four months, right. And then you say to yourself, okay, well, there's eight months left of the year. So if we could replicate two times how much stuff has gone into to marketing, to business, it's like, like that could give it some context, right? Because it doesn't yeah. seem like a lot of time. Like if you say there's eight months left in 2020, right? You're like, oh, well, actually it's not that much time, but we've only gone through four months so far of 2020. Like, whoa, okay, well, like I think, it's, I think also like, look, hopefully there aren't big, terrible global events, you know, more terrible global events that happened in 2020, but certainly for businesses and marketers to succeed for the rest of the year, they're going to have to perform in the way that they've had to perform in the last four months just to get to where we are um, because it's going to get harder and it's going to get more competitive and, you know, some markets are going to shrink and yeah, I mean, like it's going to be, it's going to be a really tough year. So regardless of kind of the global, you know, picture, uh, the, the reality is like, we know, we know that there's going to be a lot that we need to do to succeed uh, as marketers um, in, in the year ahead. And I think that should frame kind of how everybody looks at it um, because it's easy to kind of think, okay, we made it through this and now we can get back to, back to normal or back to kind of like so a lot of people are talking <laughs> about new normal and stuff like that. And like, I actually think that's kind of probably a dangerous framing. Um, Why is that? Because when you think of normal, you think of, uh, uh, I mean, I would, I would kind of uh, relate it to kind of ideas of a bit easier or, um, you know, you can, uh, there's not as much pressure or there's, you know, you don't have to keep up the, the intensity. Um, and like, it's been such an intense period that, 
I think everybody would like to to pull back on that, right? Like it'd be nice to, you know, just have a couple months where we, you know, we have our plan, we work to our plan and um, optimize within it, you know, and, and report on what happened, get some some good results, you know, like that That sounds great <laughs> right it now. That sounds um, great. But uh, I, 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 and it might happen, you know, it might happen, but I, I wouldn't plan for it. Um, I would plan for it to get harder and more competitive and everything that, you know, um, has started to work right now for that to evolve as well. Um, yeah, that's just how you have to look ahead. Yeah, sure. And I think, um, let's say like in the last two months since um, the pandemic hit, um, there's been a lot less competition online because everybody's been so stuck. Yeah. And I think as part of that stuckness, um, quite a lot of people or of companies have now started to consider the digital space, you know, in terms of advertising. And so now there's a lot more people that are about to start advertising online and then everybody that had kind of stopped advertising because of the uncertainty they're about to start advertising as well. So it's about to get um, really crowded, right? And it's about to get crowded, I think, at a time when everyone's like, okay, cool, so now we're back online again now. And now we have to make this all work, right? And so yeah. like, I think that's a good transition to kind of um, the topic of this podcast, which is actually how do you create a strategy in that challenging environment where everyone's coming online it's not status quo we don't know what's going to exactly happen across the globe i mean in terms of the the pandemic but then also in terms of the economy right and like that's a difficult place to compete that's a that's a challenging yeah. place to live you know um and you know like in a couple of my emails i've been talking about survival of the fittest right where it's a contracting economy. Um, the pie is still there. It's a smaller pie. There's, there are the same amount of people who, who want to eat that pie. And so how do you actually try to, um, to carve out a piece of that pie just for you, right? And so, yeah. look, I think that in that email that I sent the other day, I shared 10 questions and I figured, you know, we could talk about those questions in this podcast, you know? Um, I think and so, so like I've yes, thought please, a little ben. bit about the like the overall approach that the business needs to take. And there's kind of a couple of things that I think are important that uh, everybody keeps front of mind. The first one is that like business, the business side and the marketing side, it's never been more important that they're directly connected um, because you really need to be open to evolving, you know, your offer your, even your service or, or, um, or your product um, to what's going to work. Um, and, and I think we've seen that across, you know, a number of um, clients of ours, um, you know, and, and businesses, you know, uh, globally where, you know, they've been able to evolve their service um, in a way that really fits the moment. And they've then, their marketing has immediately been able to evolve with that or potentially the marketing led that evolution. And I think that's something like as a core, like principle, like businesses should, should try to maintain, which is, you know, um, where marketing is successful is going to show you where the market is. Um, and so if you're, you know, if your product is kind of just right next to that, like move it over into it. Um, and that's like a lot, you know, smaller businesses are better at that. Bigger businesses generally really struggle with it. Um, but we've seen some great examples of, of, you know, larger businesses kind of developing whole new, whole new services, um, just for right now. And, um, and, and that's, I think something that, that shouldn't, that shouldn't let up because we just don't know where the market is going to be, you know, what consumer, like, I remember we talked about at the start of this, I was saying, look, consumer habits are going to change dramatically and all of these things. And, and you were telling me, we don't know that we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know, like, you know, how there's going to be changes, there's going to be repercussions, but we have no idea what they are. And I think it's important to, to keep that, um, that mindset. So that's kind of the first, the first one yep. that I've been thinking about. Um, the next is that like a lot of businesses have pulled back on different parts of their marketing 
And so I think a lot of businesses potentially have lost some of the fundamentals in the process. Like to me, the fundamentals of digital marketing are paid search, organic uh, SEO, um, uh, social ads, and email marketing. Like that's pretty much to me, there's rarely a case of a business that, that I wouldn't, you know, push to, to try to do, you know, something uh, across all of those, you know, the balance between them changes a lot between yes. um, different, uh, different industries and, and businesses. But, you know, a lot of businesses will have pulled back on the, you know, turn off search or turn off Facebook ads or something like that. And as they come back, you know, I think it's important that they take a step back and actually make sure that they do have, you know, all of the fundamentals in place before they try to do something big, you know, like don't run a big campaign if you don't have the, you know, all the ad strategies to, um, to get the most out of it. Um, and then the last one is one that I've been thinking about, which is a bit strange, but um, uh, it's to document everything because there's so much change going on in terms of messaging um, and it's really easy to, and, and products and services and what, what you're marketing, but it's really easy to have, you know, one place in your ads that you're saying something completely different um, or, you know, you may find an opportunity and really want to pivot everything over to that opportunity um, really quickly. And if you don't have documented what you're doing right now and what you've previously done, then it's going to, then it's, it's really difficult to go out across all your, all your digital and, and find it nowhere on the website to change and know, you know, all the different search ads you need to change. Um, and I think consistency right now is more important than ever. You know, like if you have a message that you want to put out there, it's important to be consistent about it. Um, and, and part of that is actually just having, you know, having that kind of internal documentation and organization to know this is what we're doing right now. So that when you decide what's going to work, you can move right onto that um, quite quickly. Yeah. That's kind of the, um, that, those are the three like big things that I've, that I've been thinking about, um, you know, as, as I would um, kind of plan um, for, for the year ahead. Yeah. Super points, super points. Um, you know, what's interesting is that um, two months ago, it was all about, um, changing the message, right? Like, and everyone was scrambling to change the message. And I think, you know, there's still a lot of organizations that haven't changed their message and yeah, they're just kind definitely. of holding off and they're just kind of seeing how it goes. But there's a lot that have, like if you watch any of um, the ads on TV, they've all shifted essentially, you know, there's quite a lot oh, of yeah. change that's already happened. Right. And so I think, you know, we assume, that the message is right in terms of this podcast right now, you know, like we're not there to talk about the message. I think we've, sp we've spoken about the message quite a lot. Um, yeah. The message is just um, the cost of entry. Like if you're not relevant in terms of the thing which you're saying, like start there. There's some other yeah, um, podcasts that we've done that's there. Right. And so we're assuming that the message is now um, correct. Right. This podcast, we'll now speak about, cool. So now actually, how do you stand out when everybody's adapted, when everybody's now talking to people at home or basically online or in 2020 or whatever is the scenario that's there? Yeah. And then how do you now compete, right? So I'm just going to go through some of the questions, right? Yeah, and um, hopefully we can answer them pretty quickly. Um, but it's just kind of, um, it's more of a discussion right now, you know? It's the first question to ask yourself I mean, where are you the best right now and what products or services um have you got an unfair advantage over your competition yeah, yeah. so let's talk about that one you know but how important is this then i think i mean i think this is the start right like this is uh, what i was just saying about like being ready to evolve your products and services you know the the first step of that is actually understanding which of your products or services are the most relevant um, right now? You know, in like, uh, I've been, uh, I guess, unsurprisingly over the last month doing a lot of work on e-commerce um, because e-commerce businesses are, um, a lot of them are doing quite well. Um, and, you know, in that context, it's often about like, what are the products or services or what are the products that we can build offers around? Um, and then, you know, those offers are what we can really use to scale um, your marketing up, 
but that principle really applies across all um, you know all of marketing and, and it is looking at like everything you do and determining what's gonna what's gonna have the biggest impact of breaking through because you build your marketing around that you know I mean there's in search there are opportunities to just like build out campaigns for every single service you have right like that's that's definitely something you can do and if the volume is there it could drive conversions if the volume isn't there you're not gonna pay for it so you know that's kind of fine but across everything else you really need to focus on, you know, what can, what can break through. Um, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I'm oh, sorry. I cut you off. No, I'm saying if you don't know the answer to that, like that's, that's where you start, you know, and there's, there's lots of ways to do it. You can talk to your consumers. You could, I mean, put up five ads with five different services and, and see which one gets the most engagement. I mean, like, but that's where you start. You got to figure where out, you're, you know, the, the best is important though, right? Because I think like in a contracting, um, in a contracting environment, um, a contracting economic environment, um, you need to be the best at something and you need to have an unfair advantage over the competition to really be able um, to thrive right now. And it may just be like in the mind of your consumer, but there is a difference to your product than to the competition, right? Now, again, it's not that simple oftentimes, but you need to have something super high quality. It could be a product or service or a product range or a suite of services yep. that offer extreme value compared to the competition in somewhere or another. You should assume your consumers are going to be more discerning, right? Like there's just, there's less money out there and people, I mean, people still have to, to buy stuff. They're going to still need services, but they're likely to, to take more time to think about it. Um, yeah. And so it just means it's more important that, you know, you can differentiate yourself. Question number two, where are you most profitable and where is the most demand? You know, and I think profit actually makes a difference to how much you can afford to pay to acquire a customer. Right. Yeah. And yeah. demand is where the volume is. Right. And hopefully you can combine the two, but oftentimes it's not exactly aligned. So if you had to go to, this is a hard, this is a harder question. Um, it is. To where you're more profitable or where there's more demand, where would you go? I mean, I think it's complicated. I think this is a question every business has to understand for themselves. You know, I mean, like businesses can be really um, uh, profitable by using loss leaders to bring in customers and then, you know, um, build up the lifetime value over time. Um, so it's really understanding the overall profitability model across your marketing. Like I think if you, if you overly focus on, you know, this is my most profitable service. And so I just, I just want to sell that, you know, um, you, you can take yourself down the wrong path. Um, that's, that's for sure. Um, and so, uh, that, I mean, it kind of ties into what I was talking about in terms of the business side and the marketing side really need, needing to be fully integrated right now um, because that's kind of, a, it just needs to be the ongoing conversation, right? Like if marketing is driving, uh, you know, new business, but all of those businesses are unprofitable and then they don't go anywhere, like that needs to change fast, right? Like that's not, that's not sustainable. Um, but on the other hand, if it's just kind of a directive of you have to sell this and whatever that product or service isn't, isn't profitable, that, that's going to fail as well. Um, so this is, this is one of those questions that, I mean, I would say it's like, it should probably be part of like your weekly meeting, you know, like something around, um, you know, what is the profitability of, uh, of our overall marketing, um, look like right now. And it should be measurable. I think that's a super point. And this is something um, that we've been doing internally and with clients as well is having kind of the regular catch-ups on kind of what's happening in the market. You know, so where's the demand? Uh, what are the leads saying? And you know, what are the conversations kind of happening out there? You know, what are the biggest challenges, the objections, you know? And I think keeping your ear to the ground is going to make a huge impact in how quickly a company can adapt right? Um, to be able um, to capture a piece of that pie. But next question. So what are the trends in your market? And how can you ride that way? And, uh, and 
how can you ride that wave? And I think um, this kind of links to the previous one, but there's trends that could be increasing right now. And I know this is something which you're spending a lot of time on right now, aren't you, Ben, in terms of, you know, what are the trends for different clients across their industries? And, you know, like, what are you seeing right now? But uh, just in terms of your research, you know, um, because I, mean, I know I think, this is something that we're looking yeah. at, right? It's like, cause where are the yeah. trends actually going? So a lot of the, I mean, I guess we're kind of looking at trends in two places. We're kind of seeing trends in search overall, like just to get an idea of what do people want? What are they interested in? And then we're seeing trends in, um, in kind of the marketing platforms in terms of like, how much is this costing? Um, you know, what's the, what's, you know, the cost per impression or click, but then also per, per conversion. That's kind of the two main areas that it's really straightforward with digital to see trends. Um, I think with, with, uh, with search, what I've seen is there was the initial phase when like the trends were relatively predictable. It was kind of like people were figuring out how to work and live from home, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I mean, I guess everybody lives at home, but, <laughs> um, all the time sure. usually yeah, um, sure. but uh uh so there was that kind of phase and you know when you looked at trends like there wasn't anything uh you know there were some funny ones like you can see that you can look up the trend for uh, how to cut your own hair and there's just this massive spike up right like stuff yeah. like that i've searched that um but um but now Me too, by the way there's yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, jokes. Um, but uh, but now there's uh, there's some interesting stuff going on. You know, there's um, uh, I was looking into um, furniture, um, and you know there's uh, some really strong um, increases in search volume for things like couches, things like uh, you know uh, living room uh, or, or like occasional table that that type of stuff. Um, you know, uh, stuff that is not necessarily like, isn't the first thing you'd think of as kind of trending up, but like, actually there's a huge opportunity if you're in that market to, to double down, um, you know, on, in that space. Um, and so, um, I think now some of the trends that we're seeing are less predictable, um, and they really need to be more like, all right, this is my industry. This is kind of all the products and services across it. Let's go out and start and start um, checking these and, and see if we can if we can find anything. And you can do that. I mean, you can do that through something like Google Trends, but you can also do it just going into your ad campaigns and, and kind of seeing if there's anything that's really, uh, you know, uh, whether I mean, it could just be that it's used up all its budget much quicker than usual or, or something like that. Um, in the in the cost side, it, it, it is harder, like on, on the cost of advertising, it's harder to fully uh, um, know where we're at um, at the moment. I definitely think that it isn't a matter of uh, every industry being the same. So like overall costs seem to be down, I mean, costs are down overall, um, but there's definitely audiences um, that, uh, that are probably a little bit more expensive or, um, or more difficult to reach. Um, and that, you know, and so, and so I think that is the case where that's probably going to change quite a lot in the next uh, in the next month or so, and so I wouldn't um, I wouldn't depend on the you know the the cost or the price that you see right now as uh, as being there um, ongoing because um, you know I mean I don't like there's a lot of businesses that when they do activate their marketing again this is an assumption but I think they'll probably activate digital first um, it just makes sense. Um, and you know, as that starts to happen, then, um, you know, the, the, the prices are going to, are going to go up just naturally. Um, so, yeah, sure. um, you know, and there's, I mean, there's search campaigns that I don't think really ever went down, you know, um, like businesses just left those on, you know, and, um, uh, you know, that, that's been a place that has been much more steady. Um, overall. yeah, I think, but they were like in that respect, I've seen on some of the campaigns I'm across as well, where, um, they left the campaigns on the search volume just went off a cliff, right? Because it was in the event space or it was in the travel yeah. space or whatever. So like, you know, the impressions have just stopped. Right. And so then, I mean, it comes back again. Um, and then the campaigns are all working again, but I do think, um, there is a trend towards online. 
you know, that's something that we've been seeing quite a lot of as well in terms of, you know, people trying to buy stuff online. I do think um, that everybody actually being stuck at home um, is going to push a lot more people to be online and to have at least an online presence so that yeah. I guess like, if a business is ever stuck again, like in this scenario, they can still sell. They can still yeah. have a business, right? And, you know, because not everybody, unfortunately, has been able to run their business in this time, you know? And I think that fear um, or that experience is going to cause a level of trauma that will kind of cause people to kind of, I guess, ensure themselves against this happening again and have an online kind of experience. But also the shoppers are just going to become a lot more comfortable shopping online because they have been for the last two months, you know? So that's going to kind of increase a lot. That actually... um that kind of brought up something that I've been thinking about as another trend. This is a little bit more of um, a market trend, but I think there is a trend towards um, local um, as well. You know, people really like, I found it, it, maybe this is more anecdotal, but I I have seen it across a lot of my personal experiences, talking to other people and where possible in campaigns where, you know, because everybody knows what businesses are going through right now, being able to support local businesses um, seems to be, you know, a, a priority for a lot of people. And those businesses, a lot of them have tried to go online in one way or another, you know, in the last month. And like, you know, some of the ways they've had to do that is like, I'm, there's a business near me where it's a restaurant and you have to send them an email with your order the night before, transfer the money to their bank account, and then you can go pick up your order the next day, right? Like they don't, they just don't have any other way to do it. But like, People are buying from that restaurant because they, I mean, it's nice to be able to get some, some takeaway right. food, but also it's nice to support locally. Um, and, and I think that like, if I was predicting, that would be something that I would think um, will continue. And so, you know, where you have an opportunity to talk to your local community, I would, I would look at that as, a, um, as um, something to prioritize. Super point. Um, next question. Um, so what are your audience segments? Um, who are your most valuable clients and have they changed? This is a question that we ask a lot of our clients, right? Well, this, yeah. is, this is something that we've asked every client and that we ask everybody who we work with because whatever it was pre-pandemic might not be the same post-pandemic, right? It just might not be that. You know, we don't know right now. Yeah, and it's going to be, oh, this is so hard. You know, I mean, I think... Um, if you've had if you've had a lot of customers through the last month, then you are able to see you know how they've changed you know from the period before. But a lot of businesses haven't, right? So um, this is going to be kind of a little bit of like they need to explore this question um, to find out you know is has their market changed? Is is there a different opportunity um, out there? I would certainly you know if you have no idea the answer to this question, I would start with the market that worked before right? Like that is right. always start with something proven before you go to, you know, something that that's based on assumptions. But um, yeah, I, I think this is a really hard one. And I, I don't think it's one that um, I think it's one, you know, web profits as an example, like we're exploring this question um, a lot right now to find out, you know, what are the types of businesses that, uh, that want to work with us? Um, right now. I mean, we can definitely see that like a lot of the businesses that are um, the most interested in marketing right now are in the e-commerce space um, or want to be in the e-commerce space, right? So we've definitely seen that segment of our business become more uh, prominent. Um, But I'm not, I'm like, I'm not under any assumption that that's going to remain the same in two months um, when, you know, things have, uh, um, you know, have started to, to change quite a bit. I think that's a super point as well in that um, the audiences may change. And I think depending on where you want to be at the end of 2020, right? And if we have that as kind of our lens for this discussion, right? Like it's not what's it going to be like in three years. We said we have eight months left and how do we make the most of it? And if we consider the four months that just passed, how long that felt, if you were to double that, that's how long we have left, right? Um, Your audiences may change a few times in that period, right? It may be a certain kind of audience, which you can adapt to like in this pandemic stage. 
at the next stage when things start actually opening up, there might be some, like it could change again at that point. And then at the end of this year or at the beginning of 2021, it may go back to normal, you know, like to what it was uh, prior. But um, the advice I'm giving, um, like in the conversations I'm having across the board with business owners, with clients and so on is, do you really want to wait and see? Or would you want to be that company that adapted fast, that found a way to grow that question everything and that put in the extreme amount of hard work to, to make it all happen. Yeah. I think because if you're like, not, the competition yeah. is going to do that. Someone's doing well, I mean, that. I mean, I would assume any business I was in right now, literally, I mean, I can't think of an industry that, that this doesn't apply to. I would assume that there's somebody at home right now, like planning, you know, how to disrupt that industry, right? Like, there are lots of really smart people with a lot of time right now that um, are seeing this as an opportunity to really come into markets that have been uh, pretty well protected. Um, and, you know, I mean, that, that's always the case, right? But like all of a sudden everybody, well, a lot of people have a lot more time um, and, uh, and their ability to collaborate has just uh, in some ways improved um, mm. quite a lot because all of a sudden there's, you know, this global collaboration, um, which has been made possible, you know, through the tools and also just the fact that, you know, more people have time to, to get involved with stuff. And so I, yeah, I, I think that's like the, if I, if I was going to have something that I just live with the, you know, the fear that motivates me as, as a business, I would be assuming, you know, that, that, um, that that's coming. Um, and I want to have uh, the intensity to, um, to make sure that I'm kind of um, building out my strategy and plan um, to be, to be strong. Um, not just, you know, not just strong when I get back to what I think it's going to be in January, but strong through the, the rest of the year. Super point. And I think that, um, that um, strength, um, the grit, the determination, um, the amount of time and effort and everything that that you put into it is going to make a huge difference right now. Like, like I was speaking to somebody, I think even just last night, just saying like, and they're asking me like, how has um, the business been with all this? And I was like, you know, in that first two, three weeks was the most challenging time I think in my professional career, the, the things that we had to do in two weeks from the time that the lockdown hit and it got bad really quick to the time that we changed everything from the product, the marketing, to everything to, to then being kind of back into like a more, um, to seeing some growth, that period was very challenging. And not that we've... Yeah kind of relax at all but the pressure's a little bit less because now we've transitioned already you know like like a bit and yeah. so now we understand what's involved in that process but before was like we have never had to just like that change everything question everything shift everything you know and i think that that kind of approach that psychology kind of has to be a thing like inbuilt across the board, like in every organization now, that yeah. kind of, you know, the speed of adapting, you know what I mean? That like, um, the agility behind it, essentially, right? Um, like the, but anyway, I digress. <laughs> oh, sorry, no, Ben. No, no, no. Okay, I, was, I was thinking yeah. that the word that I really liked was grit. Um, it, it kind of speaks to the moment a little bit in a way that I think is powerful. Like a lot of people are, you know, a lot of businesses aren't able to have the kind of, standard of uh design or um uh you know um I just take like making a video right now or something like that right like people understand what you can and can't do and that you may not be able to put together like a massive product shoot and get everybody together and do this to that um but the but grit is something that i think people value a lot right now like seeing seeing businesses trying seeing businesses that you know kind of are are owning this moment in a way um you know that is uh um hard working but uh but proactive like that, that feels like 
um, you know, if, if I could instill values in a business, like that would, I think that would be one of the, the core ones um, that, that would serve them well. Um, yep. uh, right yeah, now. for sure. For sure. So the first few questions that we've asked, uh, the first four questions actually that we asked were about the market, about the audience, about kind of the business, right? We're going to yeah. now shift um, to more specific questions around um, kind of how do you get people to spend money with you, right? Because assuming yeah. now you know where you can compete and where you could be the best and you have hopefully like an unfair advantage, you know where you're yep. the most profitable and or where is the most uh, demand right now, you understand the tr trends in your market and you're trying to ride that wave and you've identified the audience segments, right? Like you kind of yep. know these are the audience segments that I can do business with, yep. right? And I need to experiment on those. Now it's all about, of course, cool, so now I have that and it's time to go to market, right? Now, how do you adapt your product or service to offer more value at a lower price? Yes, can this be a loss leader? You know, and I think just to start yeah. this conversation, it's going to be hard to get people to spend money just in general. Like your competition is not the other, um, the other organizations that are competing um, to get that same dollar. That is part of your competition. But I think the biggest competition is people just wanting to save, is people just wanting yeah. to not spend money. You know, and I think yeah. thinking about, cool, so how do you like, like um, start to like uh, to adapt what you sell so that it provides extreme value compared to the price? Now they're like, well, that's a really, that, that's solid, right? And I think the value part of like an offer at the moment or the value part of the sales and marketing process is critically important like, and it's only going to become yeah. more. Yeah. What do you think of, of that statement, I guess, or that I think, question? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree with it. I think that um, one of the first steps to kind of figuring that out is probably understanding. So we've talked about kind of like a hierarchy of, of needs that people have um, and understanding kind of where your product or service fits in those hierarchy of needs, right? Like, you know, food, shelter, and heat is like, those are the, the fundamental ones, right? Like, you're, you're, right. Um, you know, you're going to be able to convince people much easier of the need um, in those spaces. Um, and, um, you know, and, and I think you can, um, uh, there's like more direct uh, marketing um, that, that you can do um, around there. As you kind of move up into things that uh, are more, um, uh, you know, things that people will enjoy, that they want, you know, that are, um, uh, I guess, move into more luxury. Um, mm -hmm. Then I, th I think part of it is like breaking expectations, right? Like when people have uh, an expectation of something in this space is going to cost this much, or you can only ever get one of them, or, um, you know, shipping always takes eight weeks. You know, like something that I think you really need to find the place that you can just shatter those expectations because then you kind of start to build that momentum of, uh, you know, of, of kind of um, demand yeah. um, uh, uh, psychologically. Um, and um, it doesn't have to be price. Like, I think that's one of the things, like the easiest one that people think of is I cut the price in half, right? But like there are other um, ways to go about it. It really is just thinking, you know, what are the, what are the main considerations that consumers are going to have in the process of purchasing, you know, this, uh, this product or service? Um, and how do I really surprise them somewhere in, um, in that process? I think that that's kind of the, um, the way that I would um, approach it. Um, yeah. you know, and, um, you know, that it's, it's something that you can test a lot on, um, which is good, right? You can, um, you can put different kind of offers out there um, and, and see what breaks through. Because I do think that like everything's changed, but like I, I do come, I come back to this kind of not even just in this moment, but like the fundamentals of marketing don't really change, right? There's like fundamentals of kind of execution, which is all the different channels. And then there's the fundamentals of like marketing, you know, which is a, a lot more psychological. Um, and you know, those, those still apply. It's just a matter of, you know, how you can break through is, uh, 
has changed and, and gotten harder. Yeah, for sure. And I think that um, that then leads us to the next question, um, which is how can you make it as easy as possible to do business with you? And that could be pricing, that could be guarantees, that could be the terms of payment, that could be anything. And I think this is, comes back to exactly your point right now right? This yeah. is kind of like, this is like old school marketing like at its best, right? Where it's like, you need to make an offer so good that they can't say no. Now that might, yeah. now that I'm like, it might not always be possible to make something so good that they can't say no, but the closer that you can get to that point by questioning everything about actually how you charge and then how you offer it and then how you position it, will have a huge impact. Yeah, like, but I think too many companies just say, well, this is my price. This is how much it costs. It's X amount per year. Yeah. It's $150. It's $16,000, whatever else it is. Rather than saying, well, yes, it's $16,000, let's say, but you can start for $500. And then at yep. this point, you can get a guarantee saying that, you know, like, I say, for example, if you're not happy for whatever reason, we'll give you back your money. That's just like, like a really small example, right? Versus it's 16 grand, right? So just thinking yeah. about, you know, um, how do you make it as easy as possible to do business with you? Yeah, and I think that's like, um, it is thinking a little bit about your, your business model and being willing to, to shift it a bit um, to make sure that you're leading with more value, right? Like that's kind of another fundamental principle of marketing is, you know, successful marketing is about delivering value in everything that you, um, that you do. Um, and you're going to have to find ways to, to lead with more value right now. And, and the best thing you could possibly do is find a way to deliver a lot of value at a pretty low price point that makes it easier for consumers to just go for that. And then they'll buy in and then they'll see what they're going to get from working with you. And then, you know, you can move into to where you're profitable. I think that's like um, a model um, that can work for, for a lot of businesses. You know, um, other businesses may have more of a kind of traditional, like, well, we want to sell them this product. Once we get them to sell this product, then we're going to move them on to some, you know, recurring product that's going to build up their, their lifetime value or, or something like that. But um, but I do think that um, finding, if you can't find a way to lead with a lot of value at a low price point, then think about what you can give away, right? Think about, um, you know, like uh, sometimes it's as simple as if you have a service and you're trying to get businesses to come on for that service, you may need to give away some consulting time um, at the start which is going to add a lot of value, but then they're going to be able to see what it's like to, to work with you. Right. Um, so that, that's kind of, um, you know, I, I think that's the approach that businesses need to take. I don't want it to be, I don't want people to come away thinking, you know, what we have to do is uh, just cut our prices or what we have to do is just give away our products or services, right? Like it isn't about that. It's about value, right? Like if your product or service right now, already showcases the value that consumers are going to have um, or businesses are going to get from it, um, then go with that, right? Like, I, you know, don't break something that already works. I <laughs> think that should be the first thing we always say. But, right. um, but it's, you know, knowing that it's going to get harder, you just need to be open to, um, to evolving. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, like in an environment like this where you're trying to, to make it like as easy as possible to do business with you and you're trying um, to get them in the door, you need to have something awesome. If it's not awesome, none of yeah. this is going to work. So that's just like a default expectation that the first question that we posed, which I mean, where are you the best right now? Really, really important to link this to, because if you make it super easy to do business with you on something that isn't that good, that doesn't kind of have that much value. Yeah. It's a, um, it's a dangerous place to be because it's just going to expose everything. Yeah. I've been in those conversations where people are like, Oh, well, we can give that away. And then what we'll do is we'll just like cut out these parts of it 
and um you know and it'll sound really good and people will buy it and it's just like no that's not like the point is not to get people to buy something the point is yeah. to get people to buy something that they're going to get a lot of value of and want to buy the next thing from you more um, things and, exactly. and that's um uh, i like i think that's a mistake a lot of businesses um, uh, make yeah Next question, question number seven, what offer can you create to promote aggressively in the market? The better the offer, the more traction you'll see. And I know this is something which you're doing um, across the e-commerce yeah. clients that we have. Um, so, I mean, let's start there. Yeah. You know? I mean, I think like what we, we have a framework that we use to look um, to, to build out offers, which is basically, you know, um, product, audience, message. Right. Those are the three kind of core parts uh, of an of a successful offer. Um, and, you know, when you build your offers around kind of an understanding of like, this is who we're trying to speak to. This is how we're going to say it. And this is what we're going to deliver. Um, you know, you can really um, you can build a successful marketing strategy around that um, quite well. Um, but I do think that um, it's something I've been thinking about a lot recently, which is that like, one of the ways that you really scale is you scale through an offer. Um, you know, a lot of businesses like to try to or think about, you know, scaling everything. Um, and that's really hard, you know, because that means like you need to find a way for every single part of, you know, thing that you sell or service that you have for all of them to really be growing, um, ongoing, you know, right. the, the, um, the more straightforward way is to, you know, test out a bunch of different offers find the one that can really break through the audiences it can break through, then go find new audiences that, um, you know, that it'll work for and, and grow that way. Um, and so I think that's, um, uh, it's, it's simpler. You have consistent messaging. You can ensure um, that it, you know, it, it aligns with your brand and, um, you know, and, and what you're able to deliver much easier because you're really just focused on the one, um, the one thing. If you're e-commerce, you can plan for fulfillment, like all of those types of the business side of it. Um, you know, you can um, be ready for the scale. Um, yeah. But uh, but I think it's um I, I think it's a, a way of thinking about your marketing that um that, that's more important um, now, but but has always really been um, uh, you know the the way to go to market. Yeah, for sure. And I think uh, just um, to add to that point as well. Um, you know, when I talk about offer, I'm talking about, you know, something that they're going to spend, like spend money with you on. It's not yeah. something free, you know, of course yeah, right. they're important yeah. as well, you know, but, but, you know, creating an offer, which like, that's what you push. That's the thing which you sell. And it takes into account everything that we've already just spoken about, right. In terms of pricing and value and kind of the segments and like the audiences and, kind of how do you fit in that and then how do you create like an offer that's so good that they can't say no to but that adds value that is hopefully profitable for you and so on right um and it's yeah. just a way um to get the foot in the door you know um question eight um where are you getting the best performance from your marketing where can you double down where can you dominate the market and how can you be effective with your advertising spend you know what I mean? Like this That's is kind of the question. marketing. Well, <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is the marketing question right now. Right. And yeah. so everything up to this point hasn't really been about marketing. It influences marketing and it's yeah. going to help your marketing. This is the first time that we're actually saying, where is the marketing actually working right now? You know, yeah. and this is, I think you touched on it earlier on around, you know, just have a look at your current campaigns. If there are campaigns actually running and, you yeah. know, like kind of have a look at, um, this, are the search impressions and the spend and stuff like that and see the places which are already performing. Right. I think that's right. I also think that, um, I, I have a hard time giving advice to just double down on one platform or another. Um, because, um, we, I mean, we know from experience on our end that, you know, when we do lots of content marketing, for example, we get a lot more leads through other channels. And mm -hmm. when we pull back on our content marketing, we don't get as many leads. Um, but at the same time, with exceptions, not a lot of the leads come directly through the content, you know? Um, and I think that if I'm a, a, 
a business, especially a business uh, in service or in a high price, uh, you know, a high price point e-commerce, I'm going to assume that the uh, the consumer journey has lengthened, that people are going to take more time to uh, to consider. Um, and so for that reason, I'm going to assume that like I need to be on all like remarketing to them across all channels and having an email strategy in place. You know, all of that is going to be working together potentially even more um, mm. than in the past. So really, I mean, I think, you know, there's kind of the simple answer to this question, which is like, Facebook's really cheap right now. Everybody's on Facebook, like just go for it. Right. But like that is, uh, and, and yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. Um, but I also think that if you're just going for it in one place, then you're not going to succeed. Um, like it needs to all be part of, um, uh, a strategy across those kind of core, um, digital, uh, you know, um, yeah, fundamental, um, areas. Uh, and, and without I, that, you know, it's just competitors will beat you. I just believe that very strongly. If I can just on that point, um, maybe add something is yes, you need your foundation across all the channels, right? Because, because yes, the, um, the consumer journey has, uh, lengthened, I believe as well. I say, especially like on stuff that's a bit more expensive. Like if it's over a hundred bucks, right? Just think it's going to take longer. So you need to be everywhere and you need to be retargeting, but you might find that you get a lot of your volume in through Facebook or through search or through LinkedIn ads, right? Say for example, right? Like, and so like right. if you're getting all your leads out of LinkedIn ads, just put everything into there until the point where that's not actually viable anymore. Right. Um, um, you still need all the other channels to be there supporting that, but there may be a core channel where you are yeah, getting the Definitely. better performance. Right. And so I guess I just kind of like adapt <laughs> my question just no, it's, to, to yeah, include it, the foundations have to be there. You can't just be like, well, I'm only doing search and I'm not doing it in my marketing, you know? I think it's like you, uh, you're one of the most like, agile marketers I know, right? Like you see something working and you're just like, all right, we're doubling down on this and we're going to make this work. And, um, and I think that is like, um, you know, very, like that's very effective and we've seen the results of it. And I think my, in general, my tendency is a little bit more of like, I want to make sure I have really strong um, focus on, you know, the foundations and then kind of evolve above that I actually think it comes a lot to like the experience we have as marketing you do a lot of marketing um with uh you know with other entrepreneurial businesses and with web profits where you really own it and can kind of move as fast whereas I've done a lot more marketing with businesses that are trying to move into digital um or you know or haven't done any marketing before um and so you know setting those foundations and big is, brands you work with and huge yeah. huge organizations with a lot of stakeholders and so on which yeah and you move fast for them you know but it's still a process <laughs> yeah, which, which it's still a process yeah, it's no. still a process and a half but look i do yeah, think yeah. like but on the marketing side of things almost like you need to be good at marketing yeah and so that everything that yeah. that we've just spoken about you can promote effectively right like like if you can't communicate that message effectively across yeah. all channels to the right audiences and say the right things and create the right automations you're not going to actually um it's going to be very difficult to close that loop right um but let's move on just from this point to the next part yeah. which is sales and the question is, what changes can you make in your sales team to capture every opportunity and extract as much value as you can from your marketing? Yeah, it's a big I one. Mean, I think that, um, you know, marketing and sales have a, uh, I mean, they are directly connected to each other and they have, there's a lot of tension between them always. Um, the, but the main thing would be to, to not assume, first of all, that your sales process that worked before is going to keep working, um, you know, to uh, respect every lead with maybe a level that you wouldn't have before when you had more volume, um, you know, put more time and effort into every lead. Uh, I think for any sales team out there, you know, um, past leads that didn't, uh, you know, that didn't go through to a sale would is like, a huge opportunity to to come back to right now because 
it's going to be hard to to find you know the volume of new leads um that uh um that you previously had and then i think the last one is kind of like it's almost like sales marketing which is like the messaging you're using through your sales process um needs to needs to fit what consumers uh or, or businesses can say yes to right now um and that's one i've worked with a number of or a couple businesses that their marketing has shifted a lot and their sales team is looking for the exact same kind of leads uh, and conversations that they had before. And I think that's a recipe for, um, uh, yeah. um, I don't, I don't want to say failure because I think we're going to make yeah, it work sure. businesses, but it's not going to work. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, I think um, just on this point here, um, you know, um, the sales and marketing departments usually don't agree especially if it's on lead yeah. quality. Um, if it's yeah. e-commerce, this is probably not the question for you, but, but outside yeah, exactly. of e-commerce, right? Just when you actually have to have a conversation with a prospective client um, and sell them on something, um, there's always been the conversation of lead quality to lead volume and all that type of jazz. And, you know, I think um, there's responsibilities on um, the both sides of the fence, yeah? But the marketing kind of has responsibility and sales has a responsibility as well. And I think the sales and marketing teams need to work better together um, to really understand everything about what's happening in the market. You know, what are the leads that we're getting? You know, how is the quality of those leads? You probably are going to need um, the leadership team across that because you may need to adapt certain things to, to take advantage of certain opportunities. You need to be hunting down um, people who download like lead magnets even, right? Um, just, just to have the conversations. Now, this is all assuming that you're not getting the sales which you need. If you are getting the sales, great. Then this question like is not for you, right? But there aren't many organizations I know that are getting the sales that they want to be getting. Right. And so the sales and marketing yeah. machine is always on. And there's always that, um, um, the friction between sales and marketing. And I think, you know, it's so hard to generate leads right now, just in general, right. Of people who want to spend money with you that you need to be extracting as much value as possible. Right. But then yeah. the feedback on those conversations has to get back into marketing again. Right. And so that's that kind of, account-based yeah. marketing approach, but across everything, right? Where kind of the sales and marketing teams are integrated, right? Because it's going to be difficult. It's going to be challenging. And everything that we've just spoken about with the offer and, you know, the guarantees and the pricing and all that, the sales team are the ones that have to pull that all in yeah. and close that deal, right? And That's so right. these are really hard, right? And I just, I guess the question is more, you know, um, how do you change the processes at the sales level to really extract every opportunity, right? Because sometimes I've seen it as yeah. well. You only want to talk to the good leads. You don't want to talk to leads that, that haven't specifically requested a phone call sometimes, right? Cause it's a little bit yeah. harder to cut through. Right. And I'm, um, the companies the that can cut through are like, going to stand out. And this is, this is a responsibility on both ends, but like make sure the sales team know what's going on in marketing. Right. Like they need to be able to speak to the offers and the messages that have been, you know, out in the market. Um, and especially with how fast things are changing, um, it's pretty easy for, for people to get left behind. Um, so that, that's definitely another point. Yeah. And also to all the marketers out there, because, you know, just in case it seems like I'm skewed towards supporting the marketers and not the sales team, right? There are bad leads, there are yeah. poor quality campaigns. You know, conversion is not enough. Quality of conversion is important as well. And so getting the feedback loop and then having to change things to improve quality is the marketers, um, like it's what they have to get done, right? And so it's on both sides, right? And it's that partnership yeah. between sales and marketing that just has to be extremely tight, um, which is extra communication. Um, but it's going to be critically important because, because the companies that can do that are going to get that piece of that pie, right? And yeah. that's what this kind of whole point's about. Final question. If you had to make a big bet, Arthur, 
if you had to make a big bet on one offer to go to, to market with and to rally your team around, what would it be? And my, the question here is just to get you thinking about this, right? You only need one good offer to scale a company to millions and millions of dollars, right? And everything supporting that has to work, the sales and the marketing and the product, right. like, you know, the service and the delivery of the service and all that has to work. But you only need one good offer, right? And so, you know, so like, you know, just up until this point, we've talked about nine questions. And um, like, if you go through and answer all of these questions, you, you're probably going to start to get a vision like in your mind of like, I think it could be this, right? Yeah. And this is the hard part now because you need to actually to make a choice right now. And if you had to choose, what would it be? And how do you make something that good that it could scale everything around? I like the idea that the part of that question where you talked about like rally your, you know, your team. Um, because I actually think that like one good indicator is what everybody gets excited about. You know, um, we've had, we've had conversations about, you know, um, we're only going to do uh, produce really great content on something that we believe in um, that, you know, that we're passionate about. Um, and that applies to, to businesses as well. I mean, it, it, it depends on culture. It depends on a lot of different um, factors, but for, for the right types of businesses, like how your, you know, uh, how every, uh, your employees and, and everybody in the business react to, you know, what you want to take out to market is, is a, I think a really good indicator of, um, you know, what can succeed. So I just kind of, that part of the question I, um, I like because, uh, you know, it, it's pretty, um, it's, it's a pretty amazing thing to be part of a business when everybody gets excited about something and is pushing yeah. towards a, a common goal. Um, and so I think, you know, that, that's one thing to, to keep in mind. And if you can create, then that's awesome. Um, the others would be, I mean, I think, I think it is a matter of taking the time to think about these things. Um, mm -hmm. Everybody's moved so fast um, that people, and maybe this kind of ties back to like the overall theme that we're trying to get to is planning for the year ahead. You know, I mean, the last month um, or two, we've been planning for the day or week ahead, usually. Um, and, um, and that's been necessary. Um, I, I do think we're kind of, like there's a few different phases of what we're going through. I think there was the first phase, which was just like everybody kind of paused and pulled back and tried to figure out what's going on. And then there was the phase that we probably are maybe towards the end of, which is kind of like, how do I market, you know, specifically around kind of like COVID-19 and, um, you know, and, and this kind of uh, very, um, intense stuck at home, um, situation. Um, we're slowly, you know, and, and who knows where the dividing line between is we're going to be moving into, you know, um, what we've kind of like marketing during a recession, uh, marketing where everything is online. Um, it, it's different, right? It isn't, as, it isn't as specific to, um, kind of the, um, the circumstances of, of the last month. And, and it doesn't have to be like, you can't leave the house or anything like that. Um, right. But now that we're in that transition, I think it's the right time to actually spend the time to think about, you know, maybe you don't need to think about what you're going to do for the whole year, but you can start, I think thinking about the next couple months uh, makes a lot of sense. Um, and, you know, and these questions are a really good frame to go through um, and build out that, uh, that kind of plan. Um, because, uh, it'd be, it'd be easy to kind of just keep going with what you've built from the last, uh, a month. Um, and we've kind of talked about it. People are, people are getting pretty tired of, uh, of some of the marketing that they're seeing right now, because everybody's speaking to, you know, um, them being stuck at home or them or COVID-19 or, you know, what they can't do. Um, all of these types of things, and um, and they're going to want businesses to be um, uh, to be inspirational, to be creative, to be visionary on you know what's coming, like all these types of things. Now that now that we kind of know 
what we've got now that we know, you know, what the, the situation is. Um, yeah, I think people want to want to be looking forward. Um, and so now it's kind of a good time to, to build out that framework. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think that um, these questions you should be asking yourself every month right now, just to make sure that, 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 yeah. that it's happening because what we know for sure for 2020 is that it's the year of change, you know, <laughs> you know, and I think um, in that environment, um, it's pretty tiring um, to be in a business and to try to make it successful. Um, and it's easy to go down the wrong path. Oftentimes um, the good news is, is that when you go down the wrong path, the revenue quickly shows you. So you can, <laughs> you get to quickly kind of see the response from that. And so I think asking these questions on a regular basis um, is something healthy. Um, it's something that every company should be doing. It's something that we're doing and it's something that we're asking all of our uh, clients um, to do as well. Like we're doing it with them. Um, yeah. well, ben, thank you for joining me on a podcast today. Again, um, this has yeah. been a fantastic conversation. I've asked, I've had fun. Um, hopefully yeah, you've had fun too. And, um, yeah, um, thanks for joining and we'll talk soon. See you, mate. See ya. Thanks for listening to the growth manifesto podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please head on over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating. For more episodes, please visit growthmanifesto.com forward slash podcast.